You're listening to the Simply Flawsome Show, a podcast designed for you to listen, learn, and leverage. Please welcome your host, Zoe Turner. guest. He's the CEO of the Creative Content Agency. He's the founder of My Friends, Your Friends, undoubtedly the best networking event in Dubai. And he's the co-founder of Vayner World, where he worked closely with Gary Vee for a number of years. What you may not know about him is he's a DJ and promoter, and he started his entrepreneurial journey selling penny sweets at a very young age in his dad's shop in Manchester. So he's a born hustler, and that's why I'm very excited to have him on the show today. So it's Raj Katecha. Yeah, you got it. (laughs) I should change it to Raj K, the way that that Gary's got Gary V. I should change it to Raj K. Raj Katecha, yeah, in the place to be. Thanks so much for... The invite onto the show. I'm glad we managed to finally do it. Yeah, we definitely. spoke about it some months ago when you were driving a car, right, in Media City, and now here we are. We did. So, for people that don't know who you are, Raj, give us a brief background on what it is that you do. So, I run a marketing agency, a creative agency here in Dubai. It's called the Creative Content Agency. Uh-huh. So, as the name suggests, we focus on making content, but we make content for businesses that are trying to communicate with other businesses. So, we don't typically focus on like consumer goods, like you know sodas, ice creams, things of that nature, sneakers. We focus on business brands that are trying to talk to other business brands, whether it be investors, private members, clubs, high net worth individuals, people that are trying to shape the way that their industry thinks. We make that content for them. We've been doing it for quite some years, maybe for 12, 13 years now. We use a method called the four P's of content, which focuses on how do you plan, produce, publish, and promote content. So that encompasses everything that somebody might need to think about in the content world, whether it be podcasting, audio, blogs, SEO, metadata. We think about it in terms of plan, which is where do you want to go? What's your return on investment? How you want to get there? Uh, what do you want to produce, which is images, graphics, audio, video? And then where do you want to publish it? There's a million places you can publish it, but predominantly LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. They're some of the key homes, YouTube. And then promote, which is once it's on the internet, how do we then get it seen by more people? And, uh, and that's what I do today at the moment. I also have a podcast called Raj Katecha, That's a Great Question, where I've interviewed everyone from the CEO of Imar Hospitality right through to Tupac's brother about Tupac's life. Um, I have another podcast with uh, Fat Man Scoop, Grammy Award winner, called Other People's Podcast, where we recognize that there's so many podcasts in the world at the moment that we review the best of the best of the best, like the Elon Musks, the Gary Vaynerchuks, the Seth Godins of the world. And we break down what happens in them. He talks about it from the point of view of... Uh, international celebrity. I talk about it from the point of view of a business strategist. Uh, My friends, your friends, we invite 15 people into a room together. The most talented people in Dubai, everyone from government people and royalty right through to people who have devoted their lives to rescuing animals. And they invite their friends and about two to 300 of us meet in a bar. And we make friends. There's no kind of like metric of like dating or biz dev. It's literally like coming to my house and I introduce you to somebody else in the kitchen who also is interested in vegan food or going to Bali or investing in a startup. So that's our spread at the moment. I haven't forgotten anything, have I? That's pretty much what we do at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You're feeling the knock, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. You come forward <laughs> a little bit. Okay. Yeah, so that's, um, so that's what I do at okay. the moment. And then uh, I was just in the new campaign for Shivas Regal, mm-hmm. which is cool. And these little kind of things sporadically come together. Um, 
yeah, that's me. Amazing. So when I first connected with you a few months ago and I asked you to be on this podcast, yeah. completely honest, I thought, that was you so were, funny. I thought you were trying to mug me off. I thought yeah. you didn't want to come on it. Yeah. Because... Uh, <laughs> Because you were like, oh, what's it about? And I was like, well, the focus is on mental health. And, uh, and that is the underlying theme of this podca podcast, it is mental health. And I remember you saying to me at the time, well, don't have any mental health issues. Yeah. But mental health encompasses so many things. Mm. And, and I know that subconsciously you do a lot of things anyway, naturally, that um, promote good mental health, like gratitude. Mm. Yeah, like being appreciative of all the like the small things. So how important is gratitude to you and how does that affect how you kind of live your, live your life and run your business? So with, with gratitude, I'll, I'll come right back to that in two seconds. I remember the conversation, you were pulling out of a hotel that we, we were looking at booking for our event and you said, on the podcast, we're gonna be talking about like, mental health and have you had any lows and can you speak on that and have you had any big comebacks and I definitely like respect like the phoenix story of like this happened and I lost this and then I broke my leg and then I lost my job and my wife left me and da -da. and then I rose from the ashes and I understand that story curve and why it's appealing for me I started in a very conservative place right when I was growing up in my dad's shop sure there was good times there was a lot more bad times there was a lot of missed christmas presents there was a lot of not going on school trips, things of that nature. So I started off there, that was my baseline. So to segue nicely into what you're talking about when it comes to gratitude, I can only be grateful now. If I lose a deal or I you know, get jerked on an invoice payment from a client or lose a business or have to start again, which I do proactively, like when I went to Canada, started again, moved to London, started again, moved to Dubai, started again. None of those things mess me up. None of those things freak me out. None of those things mess with my mental health. In fact, ironically, that probably is more of a turn on for me. It's more of a fetish of being like, let me throw the, let me, let me, let me throw in all my cards and start playing again. Like when I started in, when I, I did my degree, uh, I wrote my thesis on mobile commerce, right? Right now we all use smartphones, 3G, 4G, apps, banking, video content. I wrote about that in 2001 and my lecturer was like, that's never going to happen. Then NASDAQ, which is the technology stock market in the US, crashed. And I packed my bags and went to Canada and eventually ended up starting the first independent ringtones portal out there. But the week I went to Canada or two, three weeks after landing there, I was like mopping up a floor of a boat, a party boat. And a year and a half later, I was on TV as the face of Canadian Music Week for Sony Ericsson. The, the lower the starting point, the better the overall journey. And that when you go through that cycle a few times, you can only, you can only be grateful. I'm not grateful for, for what I did in Canada or what I did in London and my DJing career and my media career or what I've done here in Dubai. I'm grateful, grateful for the opportunity to do it so many freaking times. Like now, right now, if we have to leave Dubai and pack our bags and go and start again in Singapore or Hong Kong or Sydney or Madrid or Atlanta, I'm like, cool, that's one more time that I'm gonna be successful all over again mm. from like a base starting point. Do you understand mm. what I mean? Yeah. And of course I'm grateful because like, look, look at my, like everything I ever want. Someone brought me coffee and cookies right now. I've got everything that I could ever want. Like relationships wise, I can get through to my biggest heroes, the, my biggest inspirations. My family's good. The people I care about and love are good. I run a creative agency, which is growing exponentially. Do I want sneakers? Do I want pasta? Like, 
there's nothing I want. Like, I'm not the kind of person who's going to bundle up my money and then go and buy a Mercedes or bundle up my money and go and buy a Bentley or bundle up my money and go and buy a three-bedroom place when I only need a one-bedroom place. So when you're relieved of all that pressure, all you're left with is, is gratitude because mm -hmm. you're very happy, extremely happy with what you've got. Make sense? How many hours a week do you work? All of them. What's all of them? So some people are like, I'm going to go to work from nine to five or today's a busy day. I'm going to be working from 7 a.m. till 9 p.m. I'm like, I wake up and I'm like, I'm going to be working. And there's probably half a dozen people in my world that have the authority, audacity or access to make me stop working. So if my mom rings me and says, hey, this needs to be done. Raj Katecha, hustler businessman, stops doing what he's doing. And it's like, let me look after my mom or my sister, or my girlfriend, or, 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 do you get it? Otherwise, I'm not stopping, because to put the label working on makes it sound like you're working, like you're working for money, you're working for a client, you're working for some sort of result. I'm working for me. Mm. I'm not working for anybody else. Mm -hmm. Like, all of my clients can leave me tomorrow, and we're still gonna produce podcasts on the same level that we produce for them. Mm -hmm. All of my, the market can collapse tomorrow. I'm still going to do what I do. Yeah, do you, do you get make sense? Mm. That's it's all right. We'll keep it all in. Doors opening yeah. and all that. It's all good. <laughs> like, do you get me? Like, yeah. it's, it's just one of those things. It's like, I don't care. Like, I just, there's no, there's, if, 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 we, if we label working like how everybody else labels working, it seems weird to be like he works all the time. Mm -hmm. It actually sounds like this guy's on his way to a major life crash. But if working is, if I don't think about the word working the way that everybody else thinks about the word working, I'm chilling. Make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I guess what I'm getting at is that there's, um, you know, the life of an entrepreneur is really busy. Mm. Like, you know, you're working kind of solidly nonstop. And um, if we don't take time out to kind of, you know, uh, sleep enough to eat well, to hydrate and just to do all these simple little things mm. that keep us on top form, mm. it could kind of have a, an impact on our like productivity. Yeah, unless you're the exception to the rule, which is that like I'm at work right now. Like mm. where we are right now is where I work. Mm -hmm. There's water available. Mm -hmm. I want some grilled vegetables, it's available. Mm. And for me, I, some people, when they need to relax, they'll watch Game of Thrones, Netflix, whatever, right? I like some Netflix shows as well, don't get me wrong. But this is my relaxation. When I stop with you, this podcast, that's when I really have to deal with actual like pain in the backside stuff. That's when I'm really like, where's this person's content calendar? Where are we on this? Why did this video shoot go wrong? X, Y, Z, where's this person? Why are they not online? How am I gonna have this conversation with this person? Making payroll. That's all the stuff that I've got to deal with. This is easy. I, 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 mean, I, I can say this publicly, like I was 50 minutes late for this interview because my first meeting was with somebody who's like went to university with Jesus, like somebody who's super old and that interview ran way over. And then it's all good. It's all, I, I like the rawness. Don't even worry about it. Relax into it. Relax into it. I know. When you've made it's seven, eight hundred videos. It's making nah, me a nah, little nah. bit uncomfortable because this is going it's, on podcasts. It's all I've good. So, but you know, most people, are, but most people are just going to listen to the podcast on audio. They ain't going to care about it. It's all good. This is you grinding and hustling. 
this is this is you producing content at scale. You could hire a studio with like soundproof doors, but this is real. This is you like taking time out of your day <laughs> and cutting across the whole of Dubai to go and make content. You should be proud of these moments. I think he's dying. As yeah, well. yeah, yeah poor guy. These scar, these 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 little these little scars. Like you're gonna this that door opening and keep this audio in that door opening and that coughing. You're gonna listen back to it in 2024 and be like, yeah, that was real back then. When you're like on like. Marrakesh Radio or like Madrid FM or wherever you're going to be in five years, you're going to listen back and be like, yeah, that's real. Where does Marrakesh and Madrid come from? No, as in like wherever you end up, you might become a major media personality. <laughs> Someone could be listening to this podcast and be like, I like her. I like her voice. I like her face. I like her style of questioning. I like her energy. And then all of a sudden, zoom, you're, you're, mm. going, to a, you're going to like an A market or a B market or a C market somewhere in the world, Nairobi FM. And all of a sudden you're like, you're the biggest you're the biggest dj in the world you look mm. at chris fade right like he's to be him he's number 1 in this market in the region definitely in the region but he can walk down the street in atlanta and nobody will bother him i'm sure, sure. i don't know sure. i don't know how big he is but like here if if, if it, <laughs> we have a joke like if a tree falls in the woods in dubai and Chris Fade isn't hosting it, did it really fall? Do you know what I mean? He's leveraged his position so well. Yeah, and he's a nice dude. Like, the, the few I times that I've I met him... I do follow him on social media, yeah. and, um, yeah, he's a very likeable person. He's very likeable. I mean, I, I see him at cafes not about because we're in the same industry, right? Mm -hmm. So we see overlap and stuff. But the point being is, like, when I, the point I'm trying to make is that all this real stuff, mm -hmm. it, doesn't, it doesn't knock you off your main path. Wherever you're meant to go, wherever you're meant to be, these little things like doors opening and all that, like, most of my stuff is... Most of my content that I put out has got so many flaws and mistakes in it. And it's only when it gets like really, really extreme, like where we lose a whole capture, a whole video shoot, do I go, oh, mm -hmm. that was a loss. But I was okay. saying to Michael this morning, who I worked with, who you met, like, I was just like, when I say like casualties are just part of it, like you're going to lose some things along the way. When you've got an army of a million people, like you've got like podcasts, videos, live events, like I've got stuff with celebrities, my actual running my business something is going to mess up at some point on a daily basis. And you just got to just, just shove past it. That's one piece of advice from a content creator to another content creator, because I know you're doing this from a very authentic place and you're going to be successful regardless. Do you know what I mean? Good. What was the question again? I've forgotten now. There we go. We can ask another <laughs> one then. Yeah. No okay. Problem. Let's talk about Vayner World. Mm -hmm. um, I did a little bit of research. I did some research last night and my, I'm not, sure whether the concept and my understanding of what VaynerWorld is, mm -hmm. is actually right. So mm -hmm. correct me. But my understanding is you, you were a fan of Gary Vee. Mm -hmm. Before many people even discovered who he is, yeah. um, who he was, mm -hmm. and before he became like really mainstream. Mm -hmm. And you co-founded VaynerWorld with your friend, which was really to chat about his content and what he does. He got here, here of that and you guys promoted two of his books. Is that right or is it completely different? It's close and I'll have a conversation with you offline about how insightful your comment is. But what happened was when Crush It came out, I mean, I already met Gary prior to Crush It coming out. And, oh no, just at the beginning of Crush It. And um, we had a conversation, we became friends. He was on my podcast 10 years ago in 2009. Certainly I was quite early on his work. And then when Crush It came out, we did a wrap-up video. Creative Content Agency, my business, did a wrap-up video on the Crush It launch. And then after Crush It was uh, the Thank You Economy and myself and my partner Sujan were like, should we do the book launch for the Thank You Economy? One thing led to another. I'd started a business. He's, his business was growing. We didn't go in on it. And then when Jab, 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 Right Hook came out, we 
approached Gary and said, hey, I'd already interviewed him like maybe a couple of times at that point. And I was like, we'd love to launch the book. So I did a deal with Gary, which by the way, is the easiest thing you can ever do. And you'll always make a return on your investment with him. So like it was, a, I remember the first book launch we did with him, his PA had arranged like a 10 minute call with him. And 10 minutes in Gary's world is like watching Lord of the Rings. It's like a long time. I remember three and a half minutes, he was like, what are we doing? Da, 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 da. He was like, okay, cool. I'm happy to do that deal. I love you. Bye. And just hung up. And that was it. And we launched Jab, 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 Right Hook. And then the Ask Gary V book after that. And um, it was just to launch his book. Because for me, like I've never said this to anyone. This is crazy. I want to tell you about it. I wanted my friends to understand where my new philosophy in business was coming from, which was once I st started studying Gary, Aside from my grandfather and my father, that's the most important, like most influential human being in my life. I won't even say man, like human. So I and Jay-Z. So and I start, I start launching it because I want to bring the masses to Gary. So each time we did an event, we had four to 500 people there. But then there was this other effect, which I didn't, which I didn't factor in, which is that I bring Gary Vaynerchuk to the UK. I put him in front of four, 500 people twice. Brands, agency people, X, Y, and Z. Gary will leave stage, go to his bedroom, go to sleep, and in a few hours, wake up and fly back to New York. He's raised the appetite for what he's talking about in my city. And if you can't get Gary, who are you gonna to come to? The guy who brought him to you. Mm. So that's yeah. how we made a, whereas on VaynerWorld itself, I didn't make a notable amount of money. Mm -hmm. Like money, but not like, you know, let's build businesses off the back of it, build brands off the back of it. But the opportunities, that that created for you Forget in your about business. It. I can walk into any marketing agency in this city or any other A, a market city like London, New York, yeah. LA, and be like, I'm Raj Katecha. These are my projects. My friends, your friends, OPP, Raj Katecha podcast. Duh, duh. When they see that Vayner world, for a lot of people in the marketing world, they see that and they go, that is awesome. And and that's my stripes. Like was, that's me putting numbers on the board. I was going to say, that is a great resume yeah, for yeah. you. Absolutely fantastic. Especially since his popularity has soared yeah. in recent years. I mean, he's seen as a bit of a, a king now, isn't he? In, in... I'm, I'm around kings a lot. Like kings and queens. Like Dynamo, the magician from the UK, first started... We did a gig together in 2002, 2003, when he was just a hood guy mm. rolling around with his crew doing street magic, mm. right? Uh, Russell Peters, when he was doing 1,200 seats in King's Cross, we did an after party for him. And then when he did 3,000 seats at the Apollo, we did an after party for him then. Mm -hmm. It's like you, I, I, I feel it. I feel when someone's got something special. Timing is crucial because if you'd approach Gary Vee now, you all those opportunities that happened all those years ago probably would never have happened. Yeah, but I'll say this, Gary's ticket price in Dubai right now is gonna be in the ballpark of a quarter of a million dollars. Mm -hmm. You could do a deal with Gary right now to come and speak at your conference at a quarter of a million dollars. Mm -hmm. And in 2024, a quarter of a million dollars will seem like a steal. Mm -hmm. It will. I spent about, a f just over a fifth of that on one of the book launches, probably about 60 K sterling. Why don't you bring him to, to Dubai? I know he's already been here. I'm not, I'm not, he I'm, at the I'm not, Festival. I'm not playing that game anymore. Okay. Like, would I, it's crazy because people are like, why don't you do something else with Gary Vee? I've already interviewed him six times. The fact that if I wanted to, I could get him on a phone call is worth way more to me than just having another stripe on my arm, which is interview number six. Like, I've already done six interviews with him and Never mind the six interviews, what's crazy is the amount of times I've sat with him, aside from being on camera, 
like at dinners and things of that nature. That's the Gary V that I've never seen on camera before because he's the same person. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing he's hiding, but just like when it's just you and him or just you, him and a few people around a table, that quality information that you get. And I got the 09 version of that, 2009 version of that, the 2010 version, the 2000, I don't know, 11 and 13 and 16 and, and, and. So it's like, I've got, I've met Gary Vaynerchuk at different stages of Gary V and been given incredible game. There's things that that dude has done for me that you wouldn't even believe. Like you just wouldn't even believe it. Not conscious, not like, here's a lead, here's a contact. Hey, I'm Gary. You know, Raj, you should meet this person. Nothing like basic that you would think. Just insight, jewels, gems, nuances, little bits mm. of pieces where we're at things and I'm just like, but that's Do you have just... his number in your phone? No. Do you consider no. him? No. I don't. Okay. But I can, and the thing is, that's, that's one thing I revel in the relationship with him and so many other people that people see me with. I don't necessarily have their number in my phone, but I have the access. I don't have Raekwon the chef from Wu-Tang Clan's number in my phone, mm. but all of these people can get on the phone at any time. Mm. Because I'm not gonna be the kind of person who's like, yo, let's exchange numbers. And the reality is if you exchange numbers with that person, that number might even change, like depending on how high up they are. It's not about the, it's not about the contact details, it's about the access. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. we have that shared history now, and if it's, if it's not Raekwon the chef, if it's not Gary Vaynerchuk, if it's not Dynamo, if it's not, uh, I don't know, Russell Peters, it's the fact that you can access those people. I know if I'm stuck right now, Russell Peters' brother is, still I consider a mentor, mm. like a, a very important mentor to me. I've got his number on my phone and he's much more the kind of person where, cause he's a business guy, I ring him and be like, I'm thinking about doing this. Would you please give me some advice? I've got three options. Can you help steer my mind as to what the better mm. of the three will be? Mm. So Raj, while a lot of people are talking about Dubai being at, going through a really difficult time, like, you know, we're approaching a depression, um, uh, sorry, a depression, a recession. Mm -hmm. I'll cut that bit out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're approaching a, re a recession. Um, you, you know, you, you're talking about opportunity, and you know, I'm really kind of interested in that, and I'd like to expand on that a little bit, um, because everyone's pretty much saying that uh, it's it's a lot harder um, to create business at the moment in Dubai because of the economy. Um, and what's your take on that? So my take on the economy is opportunity aligns itself with certain people at different times of, of, of like life and society, right? There's a time where Madonna was considered the most beautiful woman on the planet. And she might, might have had shared some similarities with Marilyn Monroe, right? Mm. Now we live in a Beyonce world. So mm. things change, right? What's appealing changes. We live in a world where big companies, big corporations, medium-sized agencies in my world dominated for the longest time. And now smaller boutique agencies win. We live in a world where it was, we used to live in a world where having a job, having a career, having a pension, having benefits, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, was the whole game in Dubai and everywhere else. Now being a freelancer, waking up whenever you want, having the option to eat kale at 3.30 in the afternoon is the new that's the Beyonce life. That's the modern updated version of what it takes to be successful. And there are other people in that ecosystem. Does it make sense? That ecosystem is flourishing. Mm -hmm. If you're a freelancer, if you're a small business, if you've got 
low overhead and you can deliver a crap ton of value for, a, for the same amount of money as a business that's just slightly larger than yours, you're going to win. Mm. What is it specifically about Dubai that you see where we are right now that you see as an opportunity? Dubai is in a place right now whereby the mid-market is growing massively. You know, you look at Emar's portfolio of hotels, you look at the address, you look at Vida, you look at Rove. Rove is booming. When you look at all the restaurants that are out there in Dubai at the moment, it's the good value mid-market ones that are smashing it at the moment. And if you're not a good value mid-market restaurant, you can bet a ton of your sales are coming from the Entertainer or Zomato Gold. Dubai has normalized, it's adjusted to what a mature city would be like. And a mature city isn't trying to spend every Friday brunching and every Saturday in some nightclub with sparklers on bottles dancing around. It's normalized, it's become normal. When I first started coming here seven, eight years ago, there was no sunset yoga. There was no like vegan cafes modeled on like a Bali style business. Mm. But as more people come here and as more people bring their values and as more people get kind of tired and past what the glitz and glamour is, the more Dubai is like, cool, you want this? I'll bring it to you. Mm -hmm. Dubai as a platform keeps giving the people more and more of what they want. And it doesn't have to always be high end, high end, high end. It can be mid range, mid range, mid range. Here's what that means in terms of business. My clients might not want to necessarily go to a big agency anymore where there's 13 people working on their business that don't need to when four people could do just as good a job. And they're not spending money on giving their PR company all of their social media budget because a, a lot of the content we make ends up on social media. They're not giving all of their budget to their PR company where some 24-year-old Josh or 26-year-old token millennial Letitia is not working. Just they, they, They've been given the business because that person does social media because they're the in-house millennial. And the brands are looking at the money they're spending with PR companies and being like, we're not getting an ROI. We're not getting a return on investment. Mm. So they're grabbing the money out of the PR companies and giving them to boutique agencies like ours. Mm. So we've grown like three, nearly four times since November. That's why there's so much opportunities because we are selling the things that people want today mm -hmm. in the way that they want them. Mm -hmm. The opportunity I'm talking about is not for everybody. Mm. If you're over bloated, if you've got a big office in Media City and you've got you know, brand new white lilies are brought in every Sunday morning to begin the week, you're screwed, mm. right? If you've got people that are on big salaries, big bonuses, and they're spending five times, they're going outside the office five times a day to smoke cigarettes, which is, if you go down Media City, you'll see those people all the time. In my team, we've got three to four people and we are grinding all the time. So how can we lose? Mm. We don't have an office. Mm -hmm. We have three or four laptops. Mm. People are queuing up to join our agency and mm -hmm. we're taking them on on a select basis, whether they be mm -hmm. copywriters, videographers, whatever the case may be. You've lived in Dubai since 2013. Twen so I've been coming in and out since 2010 because my little sister's about to approach 10 years here or nine, nine and a half years. And I really started coming here like feet on the ground quite heavily about four and a half years ago. But for the first two years, I was on the road a lot producing social media content and DJing a lot. So at my top end, I was out of the, I was traveling in 12 to 14 countries a year. And now, which I love, I rejoice in this because I know there's a real cachet with traveling. I love the fact that I don't travel. Like I'm going to Toronto next week for a video shoot. And then the week after I'm going to New York for the same. And I'm like mentally preparing myself for the fact that I will have to give up the luxury of having my sneakers in the same cupboard every night like they have been for the last 
seven or eight months. I like this temporary period of like going to sleep in the same bed and mm. knowing where my phone is when I wake up in the morning and like where the charger is and mm-hmm. you know what I, where my fridge is and what I've got in there you know when yeah. I was on the road a lot I was like eating a bunch of crap late nights between DJing and other things like that it's like I, I really I really revel in this right now yeah mm-hmm. yeah you're enjoying the stability and, du- and Dubai's booming mm. so I mean every day that I spend out of Dubai I'm not leveraging the opportunity every meeting I go to we're killing it Mm. So How like, long did it take you to get noticed here in Dubai in terms of your creative content agency and to start picking up clients? Because mm. there is no overnight success. There's we no are, overnight success. I mean, so for me, for me, it was a handful of months. But obviously, I, when I approach people, because I have content, I get meetings a lot quicker. So I can come to Dubai in 2015 and be like, here's Vayner World 1. Mm. Which, is what, which was made in 2013. Mm. I can approach clubs and nightclubs and be like, here's my mixtape with the Wu-Tang Clan. Mm. So I already had equity to trade with people. Yes. So it didn't take me that much time because my whole life I've been investing in these yeah. flagship content yes. assets, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I would say to anybody else who's thinking, or anybody else who needs an answer that applies to them, it's, it's a one-year buy-in. If you want to come to Dubai whether you land in June and you go June to June or you land in December and go December to December, you've got to understand that Dubai is heavily seasonal. There's a lot of variables here that affect how business is done, whether it be uh, public holidays, whether it be the temperature outside, whether it be you know any other kind of festivities or economic moments in the year. And once you've been through that cycle once for a whole year, you can then figure out in year two how to really kill it because you know what's about to happen. We've just entered Ramadan. I'm going into my like fourth Ramadan or third Ramadan on the ground here. I'm fully aware of how it works now. But if it's your first time round, you might have false assumptions as to what the cadence is going to be in the market and how much business you can do mm-hmm. over this 30-day period. Mm. What do you think it takes to be successful as an entrepreneur, someone just starting out? Give value. It's the same as everything. It's the same as everything. Like when I, I'll tell you one thing that's really crazy. No one understands this, right? When I left London, I had... I just bought a new house, beautiful place in London, had a Mercedes, living the, like living the life, yeah? Gave it all up, came to Dubai, lived in Business Bay at my sister's place. She lives in a one-bedroom converted studio. She was kind enough to let me sleep on a mattress in, on her floor in her living room behind a shelf. And I paid out of my own pocket to go to Leo Burnett's office in Media City, which is 60 dirhams each way, so for those listening in the UK, that's like 14 pounds each way to go and work for free in their office just to see how they deal with their clients in the region, which was Mercedes, McDonald's and Do, which is the big telecoms provider here. I invested that money. I lost money, not only lost money, I actually paid my own money just to earn my way here. My exchange with Leo Burnett was they were like, can you come and work from our office? We don't know that much about digital. If you give us your two cents on how we approach digital strategy for our clients, we will give you a desk with really fast internet. I was like, cool, I'm in. That's it. So they essentially gave you a working space. They gave me a working space, but you know how much lunch costs in Media City? 60 dirhams each way in a taxi and at least 60 dirhams for For lunch. For lunch. Yeah, yeah. So you're talking about 180 dirhams. I was spending 40 pounds sterling, 50 US dollars a day to work for free. Mm-hmm. and then going home and instead of going to my London house and sleeping in my beautiful apartment sleeping in my sister's place which albeit whilst it's a beautiful place it's not 
it's not a bed with my own bathroom. And did you get what I mean? Like you've got to, you've got to, to establish yourself, whether it's an entrepreneur or anything in life, you've got to deliver value. I was delivering value to Leo Burnett. They were delivering it back to me. I shook hands with people that I still have How relationships with relationship? today. So I was in there for like four months. Mm-hmm. But that's all I and needed. How valuable was that for you? Super valuable. Like I, I, although I met this other guy in a previous life, like in the music world, there's a guy there called Omar Tom. From his name is Ot from Dukan Media, who now runs one of the most interesting lifestyle media companies in the region. He and I worked together on a proposal for like some yogurt or cheese or something, some weird consumer good, and so we bonded over music. When we met at the agency, we didn't recognize each other. Because I, I didn't recognize him as a music radio mm. producer. He didn't recognize me as a DJ. Mm. And then after a while, he was digging around in his bag and he found an old business card with my face on it. And he was like, and we were like, we know each other. Mm. We actually were on the same radio station together years prior. So it's the butterfly effect. I invest in that. I'm like, I'll put my own money in mm. to, to add that value. Mm. Incredible. Yeah. I'm going to steal one of your questions here. I heard you ask, I don't know who you asked it to, but I was watching one of your interviews. Yeah. So out of all your achievements, um, what would you say was the, the, best, the best thing you've ever done? I don't think I worded it as good as you. What's, what, <laughs> what's, what's, like, what's, my, what's my best achievement? Yeah, what was the, after everything you've achieved, everything you've set up or everything you've done, like the Vayner world, the DJing or, or whatever, you know, it may have been DJing at a particular event. What has given you, I guess, the most pleasure or has been the most beneficial for you in terms of kind of business progression or... Okay, so just getting here. To Dubai or to the Capital Club today. To this room in this moment right now. That's it. Because I, when I do these things, like we did, we did, I was just in the new Shabazz campaign. You came to the event, right? Yes. Shabazz campaign was done. Big feature, all about me, posters on the wall, da, 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 interview, interview, interview. It's basically like Vayner World, but for Raj Katecha. Mm. As soon as it was done, in fact, before it was even done, we were downstairs getting the cars. I told the team, go home, get some rest. Tomorrow morning, we're back at it. Mm. I struggled to look back and be like, that was a great moment. Yeah. I'm, I'm much more likely to look back and be like, I'm so grateful for the time I got with my granddad before he died, yeah. more so than worrying about like, okay, Vayner World was a high or the Wu-Tang Clan mixtape mm-hmm. was a high or doing my birthday party at the Gherkin was a high. Like those highs are going to keep coming. Yeah. The fact that of all the people that could have a heart attack and die or of all the people that have been hit by a car or of all the people that are terminally ill or of all the people that were just born unlucky and are not eating today, the fact that I'm here right now in this present moment, that's my biggest achievement. How, how can I say, if I, if I died two days ago, today would have not happened. So I would trade everything I've done prior to two days ago to be here today. So if I'm here right now, that's my biggest achievement, surely. Mm, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Does that sound so, is that too much of a weird answer? Well... Like, you, you, you think if I died two days ago, me being here right now is my extra. Look, this I'm is your bonus. No, so the I'm fact not. that I'm in my bonus zone right now, every day I'm just going up and up and up and up. Mm. For the last 20 years, I've killed it in business every year. Up market, down market, creative content agency, mm. DJing, making content. I always win nonstop. But you need to go 
a you're not going to go any further unless you get another day on the planet. It's a very living in the present answer. Mm. That you're living in the present, not in the past, but, not in the future, just like here, right yeah. now. But it's also an aggregate effect of everything I've achieved or been lucky enough to be part of. Let me not say achieved. Been lucky enough to be a part of up until this point. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Listen, I'm not going to let this go on for too long because people tend to switch off on podcasts. And I they won't switch off for this one. You don't think they will? No, hundred percent. Why would they? <laughs> like this is no. Listen, I mean, look. You could say like you need to keep an interview down to like 20, 30 minutes. Like if you're listening right now, I'm the number one hustler in Dubai. Okay. Like take notes. Like because there's no one walking around this city that's as as switched on and as happy as I am. Not one person. Everybody else is out here like. We were talking about before, like selling from stage, trying to move their courses, yeah. do all this. Like, da, da, da. everyone's out here trying to jerk people. Like, I've already won the life game. So, to listen to me and take my advice is probably some of the best advice you can get because I don't want anything from anyone. Like, I'm chilling. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I've not got a message. Mm -hmm. You know how many people like are in Dubai? You know who they are. They've got a shtick, right? I'm gonna be like. I'm going to call myself the this, this, or I'm going to wear a bow tie, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. Like, there's a shtick, there's an act. Like, people invest in all the facade of being a thought leader or an author or a podcaster or a content creator. They invest in all of that crap, and they don't actually have any substance. I'm running an actual growing agency where I blow people's heads off every single day when I go into their meetings. Right? I don't need. Look at how I'm dressed. Like I don't need a shtick. It's like going to a. It's like going to say I'm going to take up boxing, buying the mouth guard, the head guard, the gloves, the shorts, the socks, the sneakers, and not knowing how to box. And then you step in the ring, and a real boxer with no mouth guard or no nothing comes up to you and punches you in the mouth and knocks you out cold, mouth guard and all. That's me. I know the communities that that you and other people move around in. I see it. I'm, I'm not knocking it. But there are so many people looking for the next get rich, get rich quick scheme. Put this out, do this, and you'll get this, and you can convert this and become become a life coach that coaches other life coaches. Da, da, da. I don't do any of that. When I walk in the room, it's like a Rottweiler walks in the room. Everybody shuts up because all I care about is delivering value to my clients, which is where I make all of my money, and we mm. do great. And then the rest of the time, just showing love to people. Mm. I have to say, that's one thing that I have noticed at the events that I've been to. Yeah. And I really like the way that you, um, that you always give recognition to the people that a lot of people don't, like the people like serving, giving you your cookies, serving yeah, yeah. you your coffee, the bartenders. Yeah, yeah. You know, especially in a city like Dubai as well. So yeah. it's nice to be able to, to see that and to see someone that appreciates that. Yeah, it's real. Like I tell people, like I see it all the time. Everybody who does, you, we don't need to say anything like names, right? I don't want to disrespect nobody or stop their money. But like everybody who's like, do this with me and we'll make you a book. And that book will increase your consulting fees. Or do this with me and we'll give you like an angle or a shtick. Or we'll produce this content for you and that will increase your whatever. Or we'll build an online learning platform for you and you can do this. Da, da, da. All of those things I could do tomorrow. I'm already Rajkatecha. I launch an e-learning platform tomorrow. Someone's going to buy it, Right. I launch a book tomorrow and I pay for the book and I give all those books away. I'm going to make 10 times the amount of money. And that was I don't be, do it. That was going to be one of my questions. Yeah. When is your book coming out? 
this this I don't sure, have time. You have the content and... all day long. I can do five hours. I can wake up at four o'clock in the morning, which is what I call my four a.m. subject. I can wake up at four o'clock in the morning and do five hours, six hours on content without taking a sip of water. Mm-hmm. This is what I do. I'm just playing the game the way it's meant to be played, which is that do I have to ask these guys how late was I for, for today's chat? Right. I don't have two minutes to sit down and write my ideas down. What I do do is I have the money and the resources to have a camera follow me around. You're filming on your camera and you're getting your audio. I'm getting my own. I'm going to put the video online, put it out for free and be like, that's my book. If you need to read my words on a piece of paper and that's important to you, you're a book reader, Mm -hmm. then take one of my videos, write the words down and then keep those words in your pocket and boom, now you've got a Raj Katecha book. I don't have time to do any of that. All I've got time to do is pump up my content and tell people how I see my two cents on the world and answer their questions. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's essentially what Gary Vee did, didn't he? Yeah. He, he, how he got his books. Yeah. He just like took his, all his content, but he said it's all there. It's yeah. there for free yeah. if you want to access it. But I think people do like to have it just all in one place. It's a media format. It's not that I don't, it's not that I don't respect a book, right? You've got blog posts, you've got podcasts, you've got live events, you've got downloadable PDFs. And one of the other media formats is a physical book. Mm-hmm. I haven't had time to write that physical book. Mm-hmm. What I do know is if I take a month out and go to Bali and I'm sat in a bar and someone's like, hey, Raj, if you spend the next 48 hours with me, I'll give you a book in six weeks. If you catch me at the right time and I've, I'm in a place right now where I'm just spewing this stuff out on a regular basis, a book could happen. I didn't think I've lost six, I've lost 7% body fat in the last three months at no point prior to losing the body fat. Was I interested in losing the body fat? And then the right person came along at the right time and said, if you want to start with me right now, free classes. So I did it. And then boom, the results came. I'll do it whenever it's like meant to be done. But mm. there's so many places that value can be offered mm-hmm. where you don't need to necessarily think about like, how am I going to do it in book format? Mm-hmm. But if I did write a book, it'd be the four piece of content because I think that everybody needs to know that model. Okay. Yeah. So I am going to wrap this up. I know yeah. people, what, what time is it now? Because I've got another person I'm, I'm Four I'm o'clock, well, yeah, yeah. You. Um, but I just wanted to, to touch on what is the most important thing to you? Is it family? Is it work? Is it, you know, what's, what's top of your list when it comes to importance? I would say... I would say mindset. Because if your mindset's good, you can receive the happiness and the peace from anywhere that you want. Mm -hmm. You can receive it from the fact that you've got a family. You can receive it from the fact that you've not got a family and you're still single and moving around that way. Mm -hmm. You can receive it from the fact that your business is growing. You could receive it from the fact that you've got the job you always wanted. That's what I love about my friends, your friends. Some of the co-hosts are like government slash royalty and other people that like rescue animals. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I know about all those people is they have the self-awareness, the mindset, and the overall realization that they've not got much time on this planet to be happy with what they've got or what they're working towards. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think that's the main thing. It's the underlying common denominator. Mm-hmm. I, I, I keep writing this on my Instagram stories. I don't know if you follow me, but like, I. I keep writing on my Instagram stories. I beat life on mindset or I beat everybody on mindset because nothing is going to get me down. Mm-hmm. Like 
nothing's going to get me down. We had a major mess up happen last week in the business. Now I've been talking to Michael about it and we've been like, you know, I've been like, not venting, but just trying to figure out, okay, how do we not make that mistake again? Luckily, it wasn't on any client stuff. It was on one of our own internal projects that we were planning. And then, cool, life kicked you in the ass or punched you in the teeth that day. Now what are we going to do? We've still got half a dozen clients that need our help. We've still got, you know, things that we want to do in our personal lives. We've still got obligations and commitments and trying to spend time with the community so that I can offer value and scale it. Is it, I win on this. I beat mm. everybody on mm. this. Mm. My most valuable video, sorry, not to cut you off, my most popular video was the Hustlers Mentality video on Facebook where it's like, I'm going to win, I'm going to win, I'm going to win. I don't care. Because mm. I'm like, okay, this is going to happen. Bad one day. Is that the video that went viral? It did. It did all right. Yeah, yeah. It did. It, it went, I mean, viral compared to the bigger dudes, maybe not in terms of numbers, but multiple thousands of hits. Yeah, for sure. And people were like, People still message me to this day, like, I'm going to win, I'm going to win, I'm going to win, I don't care. Like, I just get DMs that just say that because you know it resonated with them because you can have an amazing day and if you, and I'm still like, I'm going to win, I'm going to win, I'm going to win because I don't chalk that amazing day up as a win. The mm. same way that you can have a terrible day and I'm going to be like, I'm going to win, I'm going to win, I'm going to win, I don't care because I don't chalk that day up as a loss. Mm -hmm. Do you get it? Mm. It's just that, that because my mindset overrides any individual event which kind of lets, you, lets us speak on what you were talking about, like mindset and mm. mental health for your podcast, right? Mm. Yes, definitely. That's what it's about? Yeah, it ties in completely to that. And like you say, it has a complete knock-on effect to everything, to like family. I have to say, I love talking to your mum at the event. Yeah, yeah, And What yeah, did she say? She said... She doesn't know what I do. No, <laughs> we weren't really talking about what you do. She's yeah. obviously very proud of you, very yeah, yeah. proud of your sister as well. She said... Um, she was telling me about a close friend that had passed away yeah. recently yeah, yeah. and that the lessons that she gained from that was that, you know, you've just really got to live each day as it comes. Yeah. And um, whilst it's really upsetting, it just kind of reminded her that she should just continue to do, like, like come out to see you. Yeah. And I just think it's amazing that someone of her... Um, I mean to make her sound like really old but well, like someone of her age but it's yeah. like I said like my dad I've lived out here for 10 years and he yeah. hasn't been out to see me yeah so it's really good that they both make the effort and they you know I know they've got two children here so it's yeah. obviously like a good enough reason for them to come out and see you but no it was really insightful it was a nice little chat I had with her I wish I'd give her any gossip Hmm? I hope she didn't give away any gossip. No, she didn't. She knows every, clearly. She's my mum. She's seen everything. No, no, we weren't talking about yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. It's not all about you. Yeah, yeah. When it, when <laughs> she, 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 she's got so many "I told you so" moments on me. She's like, because okay. when I was younger, was... I went way past the red line. So mm -hmm. I'd work to the point where I go to hospital and I end up okay. on intravenous because exhaustion, dehydration, ah, stuff that happens right. when you're young. And um, she's got so many "I told you so" moments, and I have she to just admit telling it now. Me about what was she telling me that she's um, found a great little part-time job. She does. She's an interpreter, mm. and she said, "Now your dad stopped working. Yeah, he's yeah. jumped on the bandwagon. He's like, oh, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. copied off me." He has. He has. He has. My my mum, as <laughs> sweet as she, she is, she's she, a hustler. Yeah, she said yeah. she really enjoys it. She yeah. kind of like I think she goes to hospitals or whatever, and yeah. But you know what's weird about her enjoying it? that she, she used to work in a hospital, which was, you know when kids are born mm. and they may or may not live? Mm -hmm. It's like ICU, but for very, very young kids. She used to do that job day in, day out. Right. And, and also see lots of different people come and pass away and things of that nature. And if you asked her right now what her salary is, she probably won't remember. 
But you know the NHS, the National Health Service in the UK, doesn't pay people, doesn't reward people what, what probably they deserve, mm. right? She did it just because of the fact that she wanted to be part of doing good, right? Mm. Like understanding that she could, she's going to be having a lot of bad days and having a lot of good days, but she, she, that work is worth something to her. Mm. So even now when she's interpreting, interpreting is not going to make our family or her or anybody a millionaire, but it's the fact that there's somebody who needs medical help who cannot communicate to a medical professional where something hurts or how they feel. And my mum also is the person who, when somebody speaks in English, sorry, person X, you've got cancer. That goes to my mum's ear and out of her mouth before it goes into the patient's ear. That's crazy. She's literally prepared to stand between people being sick, people needing treatment, people explaining what the ailments are, people losing family members. She can hold on that way between mm. both those horrible, horrible islands and be a bridge. I think that's a skill that I've got from her, which is that you've got to understand that everyone's got it worse than you. Mm, definitely. You can think some people have got it worse than you, but I think when you get to my, my place mindset wise, I feel like everyone's got it worse than me because nobody wakes up like as focused and as happy as I am. One of the running jokes in my crew is I wake up every day and I'm like, I am the best. Now I do that, not from the point of view of like, to annoy anybody, I genuinely believe it. Mm. Like, and it's not like, cause Tony Robbins taught me to change my physical state. I'm just like, like I've won the lottery. I've literally won the life lottery because I know how to give value to people. I know what people want. I like to give love to people. If you want time, you want an interview, you want some money, you want this, you want, what do you want? Like, because I've already won, I can, one of, one of the things that Clayton Peters taught me, Russell Peters' brother, he's, I love the dude, right? He's like an older brother to me. He said there's three stages in your life. There is learn, earn, and return. And roughly, you learn in your 20s, you earn in your 20, 30s, and you return in your 40s. You return back to people. I don't know what happened, but the moment that he told that to me, learn, earn, and return, imploded into one thing. Mm. And that one thing is the thing that's burning around in my head is that at any one point, I'm learning from people, like there's young people in my business who are like, they're like, I watch this, I'm like, cool, I'm gonna start watching that. I'm earning at an all-time level that I've never earned this much money before. And I'm returning at scale because my friends, your friends, thanks to yourself and many people, 2,000 other people has gone from 15 people to a community of 2,000. So all three are pumping out value. Mm. I love that concept, but what about people like myself who've reached a certain stage in the life where the return should be coming in, but they've decided to have like a change of career. So they're back to the learn again. What about it? Your return, like your earning is the mindset. We were talking before the show off camera that you're a very successful lady in the financial world, right? But I'm sure that came with its fair share of BS as well, right? Yeah. Am I doing the right thing by this client? Have I got hit my sales targets? Is this guy in the office genuinely trying to help me or is he trying to, you know, has he got another agenda that's got to do with my looks or otherwise? All of that toxicity is not there anymore. Mm -hmm. It's just me and you sat in the Capital Club mm -hmm. enjoying a cookie and having a chat. Mm. Do you know how many, that, the, the lack of that stress in your body, whether you recognize it consciously or not, do you know what impact that's having on any cancer cells that may or may not be in your body. Yeah, I do. And that's why it's so important yeah. that I'm out of that. How long did you leave? Oh, well, look, I've been in and out and I'm still kind of like, I've got still dipping my toes in. Yeah. Um, but I decided 
literally only January of this year that I thought, right, I'm going to join a company again. And mm. I did. I joined, I'm not going to say the name of it. And I was there for like three months. Mm. And it was just like it was before. See, I liked the flexibility. Mm. And I'd said to them, I'm happy to join, but I want to work from home and just have my own flexibility. Mm. I don't want to be stuck in traffic for an hour getting there, mm. an hour getting back, which is stressful in itself. Mm. Then going to see clients and... Um, clients not turning up or having to drive down to Aberdeen and it was just really really intense mm. for three months and I knew that my life you know I wasn't eating I wasn't drinking properly I was eating rubbish I could feel the changes in my body mm. and and where I'm at right now in my life my body needs to be in like tip-top condition mm. you know my whole kind of it all just needs to be so it wasn't good for my health and I know that yeah all doing something like you're not passionate about and mm. when you chase the money mm. and you're doing it just to chase the money so let's be hyper practical like come. you you were saying today come down to barsha right barsha to abu dhabi same trip as the abu dhabi trip you just mentioned clients not showing up i showed up late for this unfortunately but it feels different when you're following your passion mm. because you've got that patience. You're like, oh I God, know once yeah. I get this Raj Katecha interview, mm -hmm. the first, it's going to be the greatest interview I've ever done. So let's just assume that's going to be the case. <laughs> and secondly, it's going to be genuine. Mm. If you sit here with a client, you could be working today, is a working day. You could be sat with a client. You're trying to get something from the client, maximum you can. Client's trying to get maximum from you that they can. You're now in this room with me trying to deliver the maximum value to your listener. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to deliver my maximum value to you. I'm giving to you, you're giving to them. Nobody's screwing anyone. And there's some energy that's being created inside you right now as a result of knowing that that's how you're spending this hour with me right now versus trying to sell somebody life insurance, life assurance, car, this, that, da, 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 that's actually going to help you live longer or at least maintain your mind. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, yeah, no, I, I agree. Look, there's aspects of that job that, that are great. And life insurance, I have no problem selling life insurance. Mm. I just made that up. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, like yeah. a friend of mine recently, he's been diagnosed with stage four cancer. Mm. And I remember seeing him at the pool, not so, like literally a few years ago, he was a triathlete. And because I don't really like to kind of, flog to my to my mates I didn't mention anything but I did think oh he's a family man I should ask him if he's got any life insurance mm. a couple of years later he's diagnosed with a terminal illness mm -hmm. and you know he's gonna die mm -hmm. it gets real yeah, yeah yeah and um maybe maybe if I had just said to him he might not have had to work yeah you're, right but, but you're he, sa end. he saves somebody else because you're going to say it to the next person. Mm -hmm. This Friday, you're at the pool. Mm -hmm. You see a triathlete who's a family man. You're not going to behave the same. It's like mm -hmm. you're, you're... I love this concept that Seth Godin talks about, about your previous self. The lessons your previous self has are gifts to your current self. Definitely. There are a hundred old Zoes, whether it's one day older or two years older, that have all got gifts of knowledge that they're passing up to be like, give this to current Zoe because she's going to need this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You're right. Yeah, totally. Um, but look, it's been amazing having you on today. Thank you. It's been great so to glad be on. we finally got to sit down. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, and thank you so much um, for your time today. Yeah. And I look forward to attending more of your events. And um, Thank you so much for supporting the event. Thanks for... Uh, 
being persistent and thanks for coming with the interview that just took a completely fresh perspective because a lot of my interviews are just about hustling, marketing, content, getting money, going, going, going. And it was quite interesting to, to cover the topics that we covered today. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Anybody listening, like, subscribe, follow, mark yeah. up on iTunes, leave where, a comment on SoundCloud. No, for where, you. Oh, for me. And yeah. where, can, where can they find you? Raj Katecha, anywhere. R-A-J-K-O-T-E-C-H-A. You'll find me on Facebook. You'll find me on Instagram. Um, you can just type my name into Google, see my website, boom, 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 mm-hmm. boom. But like, send, I'll give you a little hack for your listeners. Sending me a DM on Instagram is the same as sending me a text message or WhatsApp. I check them. I'm not that bigger personality where I get too many inbound messages. So if I get like 20 or 30 a day and you're one of them, I'm going to read your DM. So hit me up and I will, you know, I'll help, I'll help anybody, whether I send you a voice note or whatever. I can't always meet, can't always do the coffees and all that, but happy Amazing. to like help people That's like good. online. So you don't get a million marriage proposals like nah, I do. Nah, 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 so nah. I tend to ignore my Instagram messages. Because of the marriage proposals? Well, they're just... Yeah, but see, that's man. the difference. People would walk past you and be like, she's, ma- she's marriage quality. People walk past me and be like, that guy. They, they, I don't provoke the same knee-jerk response that I'm sure I would if I, was, if I had your shell. Okay, I'm yeah. sure they approach lots of people with the internet. That's like marriage as well. Numbers game. <laughs> okay, thank you.